Proudly coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Frontier Podcast. I'm your host, Ledge, and we are powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes and join the conversation at the Frontier Pod on Twitter. Giddy up! The fourth book in the Architecture of Open Source Applications series is called 500 Lines or Less. The book focuses on the design decisions that developers make in the small when they're building something new. Marina Samuel, staff software engineer at Mozilla, is one of the authors featured in the book for which she wrote a 500-line simple neural network for OCR. I spoke with Marina about her early career at Mozilla, her work on the Firefox browser, notably on privacy initiatives, and about how to get involved as a first-time contributor to open source. Marina, really cool to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me, David. It's so exciting to be here. That's awesome. It's great to have you. Um, would you do, you know, maybe a two, three minute kind of short story about yourself and your experience and, and your current work with Mozilla? Sure. So I'm somewhat of a recent grad, a little bit over five years ago. I went to the University of Waterloo for undergrad software engineering, which was a really cool program because I got to do lots of co-ops there. So I tried a few different companies and spent some time in California um, and then came back home uh, here in Toronto to work at Mozilla. So I've, I've been here for about five years full time and I left for a bit to do a master's, um, which Mozilla was very much in support of to, for me to like kind of continue my education and, and then came back and continued and, and used some of the stuff that I learned um, throughout my master's. So, and I've been on a variety of different projects at Mozilla. So ranging from working directly in Firefox, writing uh, JavaScript and C++ code to um, working on data analysis, figuring out, you know, do people like the, a feature in Firefox? Why or why not? Up until where I am now, more, doing more Python backend work for uh, still on the data side of things, helping people do their own analysis uh, through querying data sources and so on. Um, so that's where I am right now. And Mozilla being such a one of the most important names in open source and, you know, internet technology, everybody sort of gets the, wow, you know, you, you work at probably one of the coolest, most important places. Um, what's it like across all the project teams that you described before we were on about distributed work and, you know, uh, engineering teams like sort of all over the world work on different things. Maybe talk about that experience and, you know, all the different projects and, and how they get managed and come yeah, together. Absolutely. Yeah. So Mozilla is very distributed. They're kind of all over the world and there's, there's a lot of uh, offices all over the world, but there's also a lot of remotees. Um, in fact, my manager is in California and I'm here in Toronto. Um, nobody on my team is with me in Toronto. Um, so a couple of things we do is um, regular meetups throughout the year. So the whole company meets twice a year um, in, in some location that they choose in advance. And it helps people to connect to see face like when you say, okay, that's the, the IRC uh, handle that I'm used to seeing. Oh, that's the face. And you match it up and um, it makes work connections a lot better. Um, and then also there's smaller meetups. Individual teams might meet up in a location where most of the team members might be. So for example, recently my team met up in Berlin and uh, had a really productive work week there. What's your um, favorite Mozilla project? Uh, I, I imagine there's a lot of internal discussion. and I mean, you guys have hundreds of things going on. I'm just curious, you know, what what's the cutting edge of sort of the project everybody wants to be on or, or some of the, the big things that you hear about? 
Right. Oh, there's so much going on. Um, I think in terms of cutting edge, and especially because in my master's, I was specializing in machine learning and data analysis. Um, so right now, Mozilla has um, an AI team. We also have a VR team. Um, so they're kind of um, researchy teams. So like we don't, um, you know, have big products out there that people are hearing about yet in terms of that. But um, especially the AI team, I think, is really interesting. They're doing research in uh, text-to-speech and speech-to-text and using, you know, deep neural networks. You know, everybody's super excited about <laughs> neural networks these days. So I would say, like, that's the cutting-edge stuff that um, lots of people are really excited to learn more about and, like, um, contribute to that team and so on. And we reached out to you because of your, your authorship, on a particular uh, work. I would love for you to, to talk about that, the group of people who you know, put that together and the experience of, of uh, for what is that book? How does everybody get it? Why is it important? And then you know, just talk about that a little bit because I just thought that was a really great project. Sure. So um, it was, I believe the book was called uh, 500 Lines or Less, and it's part of a series of um, software architecture type books. And um, so I'm not uh, super familiar with um, the, the guy who started it, but uh, I think he, he was a UFT professor, and he also worked at Mozilla for some time. Um, and uh, he was kind of just reaching out to people to find um, people who would like to contribute to these, like, these books um, to help other people learn um, about a variety of topics. So I was intrigued by this topic, 500 lines or less. Um, I liked it because... Well, the topic I chose was a simple neural network that can do OCR. And I, I liked it because, you know, people, a lot of people think in their head, like, um, you know, machine learning sounds complicated. AI sounds complicated. I, you know, where do I get started kind of thing. So for that type of person, that was kind of what the chapter was tailored to that I wrote. It's like, here, look, it's actually not that hard to get started. You can do it in under 500 lines. And like, if you just, you know, if you've ever written some code before, you can totally get started on this. So that was my personal motivation um, to write that and kind of like almost like decrypting um, what how people might perceive AI or machine learning. You um, have had a you know an awesome experience in the first you know sort of short years of the of, of your career. Um, what would you tell you know students and and sort of junior developers now who are looking to get into open source and looking to, to work on, you know, cool projects. Um, I think everybody hopes to make, you know, a leap and get into the great stuff that you've been doing. What's, uh, what's your advice for, for that set of people? So I think um, something really important is there's no place that's too small to start. So, um, you know, from the perspective of someone who works at an open source company, we always want contributors. Even if all they're doing is changing a line of documentation in the code, that's super exciting. Like, yes, please come join us, you know? Um, so, so like, if you're just, yeah, if you're just browsing a code base and you don't know where to get started to contribute to open source, totally the smallest thing is super appreciated. Um, and then in terms of, like, more general career advice, I would say, uh, it's really good to look for opportunities and take opportunities wherever you can get them. Um, it's really good to like speak to people around you about their experiences as well. So for example, you know, um, 
like I love I love where I stand in my career now and I love what I'm doing right now but I also like to learn what like other people around me are doing and learn what they like or don't like because maybe they'll tell me something that is enlightening to me um, so just kind of like the I guess high level like networking I think is very important and learning from others through that networking um, and and kind of I like to personally be a, a yes person so like if you if you propose some idea to me, my first reaction will be yes, yes, I want to try it. Um, yes, I'll I'll see what I can do to do that. So, um, I think that having that attitude opens up a lot of opportunities, and uh, that's that's the advice I would give to uh, new grads who are getting into this. Yeah, I think you're right about open source. Is that it can be a little intimidating to to mm -hmm. you know sort of get started. There's this broad universe of repos and and projects, and you're kind of like, how can I make a difference? You know? Yeah, totally. And, um, it it's good advice to um, you know be able to to say, hey, you know, just just try something. It's like making your first edit on Wikipedia. Exactly. You kind of don't feel important, but you know that contribution does matter, and then you can you can do a little bit more later and then put in a PR and yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So one, um, go ahead. I have one more comment on that, um, which is a Mozilla at Mozilla. We try to do this. Uh, we try to tag issues uh, as good first bugs. So if, um, you know, if contributor uh, rolls in and they're like, Oh, where do I start? There's a tag to look for. Um, so it's easier for them. And I, I'm sure that other open source um, places that, you know, that want to uh, bring in contributors, they'll do something similar as well. So like keep an eye out for those is another piece of advice. So what's up with the new Firefox? Should we all be excited? Um, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> it's faster. And uh, I think the, <laughs> the marketing is like, it's, it's as fast as Chrome or faster. It's like really competitive world out there. Um, you know, my honest perspective is that the truth is it's faster in some aspects and, and not as fast in other aspects. And, you know, I don't, I don't have the exact uh, metrics with me right now. Um, but really, I would say I would recommend to people like go, go and try it and see um, what you think of it. Um, because, you know, it depends on how you use the browser and what you use it for. So it's really up to the person. And I think it's not just about um, the speed. Uh, because that's a big deal to people. That was a big reason people were saying uh, choose Chrome or, over Firefox or whatever they're choosing. Um, but another thing that I think is so important at Mozilla and in Firefox is privacy. Um, uh, like I think also it's it's kind of cultural too. So from from what I've heard and what I can tell, like uh, privacy is a a bigger cultural thing in Europe than it is in North America. That's something that like maybe in in recent times with a a lot of the stuff that's been going on, um, people might start to appreciate privacy more. And so the one thing I, I want to say as an insider at Mozilla is that like, we're not joking when we say, <laughs> we're not even exaggerating when we say we care about privacy. It is so important that projects will stall if there is any sense of like privacy uh, breaches to a user like, oh, we want to do some, so for example, I was on a team that was looking to do um, content recommendations to users. And, um, you know, the best way to do that is server side. Um, it's, that's how it's been done. That's how everybody does it. Um, but there is like privacy risks with, with doing, um, uh, stuff on the server. You have to make sure it's all encrypted. Well, like if the government wants to see that data, you have to give it up and, and all this stuff. Right. So, um, you know, we found a way to do, um, some of the rec content recommendation on the client side. 
And this was something that Mozilla spent a lot of time on because we wanted to make sure that we're not uh, making our users vulnerable um, in any way. So I just want to say, like, from an insider perspective, I think that's a big deal. And for people who care about privacy, they should totally go for Firefox. Of course, I'm biased. <laughs> that's great. It's good to hear the passion. You know, I love to hear people get excited about, you know, sort of inside baseball of, of their product. because we, we feel the same way about, you know, what we're doing. It's like, hey, you want to hire the best engineers? Like, that's what we do. And, and we're very excited about it. Okay, last question. So I ask everybody this. How do you evaluate if someone is, you know, a senior, excellent, A-plus, elite engineer? Like, what are your heuristics for, you know, what makes a great software engineer? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Um, I feel like you can tell um, by by like their passion, but also like looking at the work they do. Um, how, how meticulous are they? Do they kind of think about edge cases? Um, and, and I wish, I wish that the, the standard interview process for software engineering was a little different. Um, I've, I've seen some more recent um, setups that I like more, which is um, you give someone a real world problem and you see how they solve it. You see like, you know, what their code looks like. Is it easy to read? Um, like is, yeah, like I mentioned, is it thinking of edge cases? Um, how, how do they review other people's code? I think um, being respectful and being open to other ideas. Actually, I can't stress that enough. Um, if, if an engineer is being close-minded to another engineer's idea, like, that's a, like, you could see it as a cultural thing, but also, like, I feel like that's, you're not going to make progress that way. You have to take every idea in and break it down and together uh, agree on the pros and cons of that idea and agree on a goal. Um, and so just having that ability to be open-minded is also really important. Um, I don't know, at the end of the day, I can, I feel like I can usually tell instinctively if, an engineer is is like very competent um, just by interacting with many in the past and you know you see what uh, what someone who has really competent really great output what is, what are their characteristics and now I can you know look for those characteristics in other people and you make a great point that you know you you learn over some period of, of project based or collaborative work how excellent someone is which can immediately tell you how difficult it is or show you how difficult it is to do hiring and evaluation, you know, kind of in a short timeline, right? You know, I mean, yeah, three, three interviews or a project or, you know, whatever it is, like most of this stuff comes out over months and months of work the way we suggest that people, you know, sort of address that challenge is, is through, you know, freelance and contract work because you yeah. can step up and continue to do more when you're, you're comfortable and I think that that's a really good buying proposition to work with contractors and freelancers and get to know somebody and not be locked in and have that terror of I hired the wrong person you know and now I yeah. need to fire them awesome well Marina so cool to have you on really appreciate your contributions and uh, of course those of, of Mozilla and uh, it's nice to have you on the show today Likewise, it was great chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me.
Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.